0: And now, here's a word from the Lord.
1: Last Sunday, we were in Jeremiah chapter 42. Last Sunday. And I knew when I started that I would not finish. And so I told you last Sunday, if the Lord said the same, and the crick didn't rise, that I would finish on Wednesday. And so, while Wednesday, I had every intention of finishing Wednesday what I started Sunday, But the Lord dropped something in my spirit around three o'clock Wednesday afternoon. And I had to go with that thing. And I'm glad I did. That blessed me. I pray it. Well, I know it blessed a couple of y'all because you told me. (laughs) All right. So today we're going to pick up where we left off from last Sunday. Last Sunday we were in Jeremiah 42. Today, though, today we're going to be in Jeremiah 43. Jeremiah 43. It's a it's a continuous story that sort of. Yeah, to really understand what's happening in Jeremiah 42, you have to back up to chapter 41, uh, and then read 42. Uh, we'll do a quick review. I assured, uh, I assured First Lady that the review would be quick. Uh, sometimes my review, I end up re-preaching what I call myself review. But not today. I, I promise you that ain't gonna happen today. But, uh, today to get us started, let's look at Jeremiah 43. Jeremiah 43. And in the review, we're gonna review real quick. Jeremiah 41, 42, and then jump right in at chapter 43 and uh, wrap it up for for today. Once you have Jeremiah 43 and 1, would you please stand uh, to your feet for the reading of the word of God. To all of you serving today, thank you all so very, very much. We bless God for you. And those of you who may not be serving today, but because you served during the week, uh, is helping us to be able to uh, worship today. Because of what you've done during the week, thank you, thank you, and we bless God for each and every one of you. Jeremiah forty-three, verse one, from the New Living Translation. When Jeremiah had finished giving this message from the Lord their God to all the people, Azariah son of Hoshea and Johanan son of Kareah, and all the other and all the other proud men said to Jeremiah, "Use a lie, the Lord our God has has not forbidden us to go to to go to Egypt. Baruch, son of Neriah, has convinced you to say this because he wants us to stay here and be killed by the Babylonians or be carried off into exile. So Johannan and the other military leaders and all the people refused to obey the Lord's command to stay in Judah johannan and the other leaders took with them all the people who had returned from the nearby countries to which they had fled in the crowd were men women and children the king's daughters and all those whom nebuzaradan the captain of the guard had left with gadaliah the prophet jeremiah and baruch his name can be pronounced baruch or barak baruch were also included The people refused to obey the voice of the Lord and went to Egypt, going as far as the city of Tapanes. Amen. Amen. I want to talk today from the thought, where are you, part two. Where are you, part two. Where are you, part two. Amen. So we're picking up where we left off last week. Here's a quick review. I promise you it's going to be quick. Yeah. They tried to kill Gedaliah. Ishmael killed Gedaliah. Johanan felt like he was in trouble, so he wanted to get prayer from Jeremiah. Jeremiah prayed for him, told him, God said for you to stay in Judah. Uh, Johanan and them said, We ain't staying in no Judah. We leaving and going to Egypt. And so we pick up in chapter 43. Now, I know what y'all thinking. You could have said all that last week. <laughs> if you want it like that, well, they decided to stay in Egypt. All right, doors of the church are open. There might be one. Here's the issue, y'all. They, they were afraid to stay in Judah, so they wanted to go to Egypt, but they wanted, they wanted some guidance from God. And basically what they really wanted, they really wanted God to bless the plans that they already had and wasn't going to deviate from and did not deviate from. Jeremiah wasn't having it. Jeremiah was like, y'all asked me to pray for God to express his will. Y'all said, whatever God says, that's what we're going to do. Whether we like it or not. I mean, they said that whether we like it or not, we're going to do whatever God said, do. Ten days later, Jeremiah comes to them and says, God said for y'all to stay in Judah. And you saw what they said in chapter 43. Use a lie. God ain't say that. And I want to encourage and challenge all of us to make up in our minds that we are going to be wherever God has ordained for us to be. Wherever God, whatever he has expressed in his will, we need to agree with that. We need to say yes to that and walk in that. The verse that we pointed out last week was chapter 42, verse 21, where Jeremiah comes to them and says, listen, I'm going to tell you all what God said. But the truth of the matter is. Y'all aren't any better at obeying God today than you've been in the past. And that's what, that's what drove the sermon last Sunday. That's really what we're gonna was gonna drive today, because it's still along that same that same issue. How can we grow, mature, improve at obeying the will of God so that all of us can testify? I may not be there yet where I perfectly, consistently Daily, minutely, secondly, situationally, obey God every timely, but I'm better today than I used to be. The Apostle Paul even talked like that in Philippians chapter 3, and we applaud Paul, don't we? Paul says, I have not yet attained, but I'm pressing, and we glory in that, especially all of us imperfect folk. We glory in, we glory in that with our own imperfections, but we don't want to put up with nobody else's. That's another sermon for another day. But that's the issue. The, the, the question is, are we are we growing? Are we at a place where we're growing in being in agreement with God, walking in the will of God? Because the safest place in the world to be is in the will of God. They were, they were, they were dead set on going to Egypt because they felt like they'd be safer in Egypt. But, but, but God had told them, no, I will bless you to be safer in Judah. They were dead set on going to Egypt. We, we've got to be at that place of obedience. We've got to be at that place of agreement. Judah would represent the place of obedience, despite my own preferences, whereas Egypt would would represent the place of disobedience because of my own because of my own preferences. So this, y'all, is an issue. This whole issue of whether we're going to be in Judah or Egypt. It's an issue of whether we're going to be obedient or disobedient. Whether we're going to experience whether we're going to experience blessing or chastisement. And even in chastisement there's a blessing. This is a question of whether we're going to experience life or death whether we're going to be honest or deceitful in prayer, whether we're going to please God or please ourselves, or whether we're going to submit to God's will or common sense. So last Sunday, when we talked about, uh, when we looked at that 21st verse in Jeremiah said, y'all ain't no better now at obeying God than you've been in the past. I tried to share a couple of things that could help all of us get better, mature and grow in obeying God. The first thing I told y'all was pray wide open. Pray wide open. They prayed deceitful. They prayed closed to God changing their plans. And if we're going to really be obedient to God, we got to pray wide open. We can come to God and say, God, here are my plans. But if you tell me to do otherwise, I'll scrap these plans. I'll say yes to your will. Yes to your way, because the safest place for me to be is in your will. Pray wide open. Second thing I told y'all last week was trust what God says. Trust what God says. Trust what God says by trusting any promises attached to his word. Trust what God says by, by not being afraid after God told us there's nothing to fear. And that's what he told them. Look, I know you're fair. I get it. God told them, I, I get it. I know you're scared. I know you're scared. But don't be afraid. The people you're afraid of, I'm going to touch. I'm going to show you mercy by touching their hearts to make them be kind to you. The third thing with that was we got to trust God's warnings as well as his promises. But in chapter 43, uh, Johanna and them had a made up mind. We're going to Egypt anyway. And they went. They went. But again, y'all, if you and I are going to get better at obeying God, we need to pray wide open. We need to trust what God says. And here's where we pick up where we left off. Number three, if you and I are going to get better at obeying God, we need to put away our pride. We need to put away our pride. Oh, yeah. I'm in chapter 43, verse 2. Chapter 43, verse 2. If you and I are going to be in agreement with God, if you and I are going to say yes to the will of God and walk in the will of God, chapter 43, verse 2. Let me back up to verse 1 and read verses 1 and 2. Here's, what's, here's what we we find in the word of God. Watch this. When Jeremiah had finished giving this message from the Lord their God to all the people, Azariah, son of Jeho- Hosea, and Johanan, son of Korea. And all the other proud men said to Jeremiah, use a lie. God ain't say that. Ezra Ezariah, Johannan, and all the other proud men. Proud men. These these that were pride can be translated arrogant. It could be translated insolent. It could be translated presumptuous. But here's what I really want us to get, because that word, the Hebrew word that's translated pride, it comes from another word in which we would find a meaning of rebellion. Rebellion. Uh, so we could read that text to say, uh, as son of Hosea, Johannan, son of Korea, and all the other rebellious men. But that rebellion is is not just a nonchalant kind of rebellion. That word, that word from which we get that word, uh, pride, also contains, in addition to rebellion, it means uh, to boil, to seed. So it's a it's a defiance. It's a very angry rebellion. It's a very angry defiance. These these men are proud. They're 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 labeled as proud. They're labeled. So because they're they're being rebellious, rebellious because they knew what the Lord required of them in that situation. But in their anger, they said, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. Jeremiah, Jer- Jer- Jeremiah done not them off by telling them what they did not want to hear. And they're boiling. They're seething. Their minds are made up to do what they want to do instead of what is the will of God for them to do. Verse four, verse four says they refused to obey the Lord's command. They really needed to put away their pride, y'all. They really needed to put away their pride. But if the truth is told, if the truth, if the truth is told, pride can be slick. Pride can be slick because it can hard, it can be hard to spot pride and see it as pride. Pride, pride, pride is slick. Pride can wear masks that make pride difficult to detect. If Johanna and them, if Johanna and them were asked, are you guys being prideful right now? They'd probably respond with an emphatic, no. I ain't being no prideful. Jeremiah lying. He just lying. So they tried to mask they tried to mask their rebellion by saying that Jeremiah didn't hear from God but the text says the text they said God ain't told you nothing Baruch been all up in your ear Baruch was Jeremiah's assistant he was uh he was Jeremiah's assistant No no just, <laughs> he was Jeremiah's scribe he was Jeremiah's assistant he was he he was Jeremiah's right-hand man and so so uh Johanan and them felt like Jeremiah ain't heard from God. Baruch been in his ear. Baruch been in his ear. They dismissed the God-given guidance. Jeremiah relayed to them by saying he was lying on the Lord. Instead, he was influenced by Baruch and not God. These proud men were like, God ain't say that. God ain't say that. And that's how we do. When we hear something we don't want to hear, God ain't say that. And then we throw this one in. We throw this one. If God was going to speak to me, he'd have spoke to me first. I'm not going to dwell on this, but listen to me, that ain't biblical. You'll find throughout scripture, God speaking to folk, through folk, before he spoke to that folk. It's very much like God to tell somebody what to tell you before he even tell you what he want to tell you. But we'll dismiss it when we don't want to hear it. We'll dismiss it. But when it when it lines up with something we want to hear, that's confirmation. See, that's confirmation. That's confirmation. I've been praying. But see, that's confirmation. We don't like it. God ain't say that. God ain't say that now. That don't agree with my spirit. If it lines up, we like it. That's confirmation. I hear you, God. I hear you, God. (laughs) Then we still won't do nothing with the word we heard, but we still. This reminds me of something, y'all. This reminds me of something. Sometimes people ask me what the Bible says about an issue or what a certain verse means. I can tell them what the Bible verse means. And if they don't like it, they'll say, that's your interpretation. Y'all get that too? That's your interpretation. Yeah. What's up, Wanda Gordon? Wanda Gordon, good to see you. What's up? Yeah. That's your interpretation. Yeah. They'll dismiss my reply when it doesn't agree with their lifestyle or how they want to handle a certain situation. It is as if they mask their pride, their their rebellion with, God ain't say that. That's your interpretation. Put away your pride putting our pride our rebellion aside helps us grow in our obedience to the lord staying in judah would have called for these proud men to put away their pride and watch this very important watch this it would have called called for them to put away their pride and choose being vulnerable instead i know being vulnerable makes you itch i know some of us allergic to being vulnerable you're allergic to the word vulnerable you just, just make your skin make your skin crawl These men would have had to put their pride away and choose, choose being vulnerable instead. As black people, we can certainly relate to God's call for these proud men to stay in Judah and be vulnerable. My parents, just like some of your kinfolk, migrated from the south to the north. My my kinfolk, my my parents migrated from the south to Washington, D.C. in the late 1940s. Y'all know what life in the south for black folk was like back in the 1940s. Yeah. My parents left the south for the north and stayed gone. Many of my aunts and uncles also migrated from the south to the north, seeking better opportunities for Negroes. How many of y'all have kinfolk or some of y'all migrated? You grew up in the south. Grew up in the South or your parents grew up in the South, grandparents, aunts, uncles grew up in the South, but migrated to Chicago, Detroit, Flint, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, because they, they sought better lives and better opportunities uh, way back in the day. How many of y'all had some kinfolk with that testimony? Yeah. All of us can understand that. All of us can. But imagine, imagine a preacher telling some of our people who fled the conditions we faced in Montgomery, Birmingham. The whole state of Mississippi. All of Georgia. Even one of Robbins. Imagine some preacher telling your kinfolk who, who wanted to migrate to Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Detroit, looking for better opportunities, looking for jobs. And some preacher telling them, God said for you to stay in the South. I know my daddy would have said, use a lie. I don't know what my mama, my mama was a lot more, you know, I don't know. But I think a lot of our kinfolk folk would have been like, use a lie. We can understand that. God telling me to stay here, where my life is on the line, here, where they're out to get me, here, where there's no opportunities, here. That would have been very challenging to choose to be vulnerable like that. But listen to me. There's victory in vulnerability. There's victory in vulnerability. It reminds me. Y'all may have read this story in the Bible where this man is praying. He's wrestling with the will of God. He asked some of his friends to pray with him and they kept falling asleep. But he prayed with such intensity, wrestling with the will of God that the, that the, according to the story, he began to sweat drops of blood. Y'all, have y'all heard of that story? jesus in the garden of gethsemane if there's any other way we can do this if there's if there's any other way don't if there's any other way what was his conclusion nevertheless not my will but thy will be done That's what it means to be vulnerable. I know my saying yes to your will is going to get me. is going to get me wounded. I know it's going. I know I'm going to be wounded. I know I'm going to be abused. I know I'm going to be mocked. I know I'm going to be humiliated. I know I'm going to be killed. But I say yes. I I say yes to your will. I say yes to your way. Walking by faith is a call to vulnerability. It's a call to vulnerability. We don't like, watch this. Oh my God. We don't like vulnerability because we like to be in control. Ain't nobody gonna hurt me. You ain't gonna just walk all over me. You ain't gonna just treat me any old kind of way. Can you imagine Jesus coming out the Garden of Gethsemane? I said yes to God, but y'all ain't, y'all ain't gonna just treat me in no kind of way now. Vulnerability, vulnerability, we, we don't like being vulnerable because we like to be in control as much as possible. But if we're going to please God with our lives, then we must put away our pride. How do we put away our pride? Two things real quick. Detect it and delete it. Detect it and delete it. Detecting pride is hard again, y'all, because pride can wear a mask. We can think we're right. We can think we're justified. They're lying. God ain't say that. God, that's his interpretation. That's her interpretation. We can put a mask on it and call it everything but rebellion. We can call it everything but pride. But when you know the will of God, when you know what scripture explicitly states, when you know what the what what what, what the will of God is and, and you don't like it, and you just you got a made up mind that you ain't gonna do it, that's rebellion. It's rebellion. Call it what it is. Listen, and we're good at calling it what it is when we see it in somebody else. What's wrong with them? They're being rebellious. They're just being rebellious. What about when you? Oh, no, that wasn't rebellion. No, see, what happened was. We're good at detecting other folks pride. We're good at detecting other folks uh, rebellion. But can you detect your own? I wonder how many of us, how many of us wrestling with the will of God would admit I'm wrestling with the will of God because there's something in me that really wants to rebel against what I know to be the will of God. For this situation I'm in, right here. Detect it. Take the mask off of it and call it what it is. It's rebellion. Then delete it. Delete your pride by deciding to trust God and take him at his word. Sometimes you just got to throw your hands up and say, nevertheless. Not my will, but thy will be done. That can, I don't even know if I can say this in church. I don't know if I can, I'm gonna say this and keep my job. That can be hard sometimes. Saying nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done can be hard sometimes. You telling me to choose to let them wound me? You telling me to choose to let them be mean to me you're telling me to choose to put myself in a situation where i don't know how i'm gonna pay my my rent my mortgage keep my lights on whether or not i'm gonna keep my job whether or not i'm gonna keep my my ministry whether or not i'm gonna whether or not i'm gonna be able to enjoy freedom and and not be incarcerated you're telling me to choose to be vulnerable gotta delete that rebellion delete your pride by deciding to trust god and take him at his word amen if you and I are going to get better at obeying God, number one, we need to pray wide open. Number two, we need to trust God. We need to trust what God says. Number three, we need to put away our pride. And finally, we need to know a lie when we hear one. We need the Lord. You need to know a lie when you hear one. If I'm going to walk in the will of God, if I'm going to, if my life is going to reflect yes to the will of God, yes to the way of God. I need to know a lie when I hear one. Look at chapter 43, Jeremiah 43 verse 2 and 3, verse 2 and 3. When Jeremiah had finished giving this message from the Lord their God to all the people, Ezariah son of Hosea and Johanan son of Correa and all the other proud men, all the other rebellious men, all these other ticked off men said to Jeremiah, use a lie. The Lord our God has not forbidden us to go to no Egypt. Jerry, you lie. Yeah. Jeremiah, you lie right on. Johannine told Jeremiah he was lying. Watch this. Rather than embrace what he said, what what Jeremiah said as a word from God, they rejected it as a lie. The truth is, the truth is someone in this narrative is lying. But it ain't Jeremiah. Somebody in the story is lying now. But it ain't Jeremiah. Some, somebody, somebody is lying. Everyone in this scenario would have to ask, who is telling us the truth? Jeremiah or Johanan? This is a situation where the crowd needed to know a lie when they heard one because they're going to follow a voice. They're either going to follow the voice of Jeremiah or they're going to follow the voice of Johanan. Somebody's lying. And it ain't Jeremiah the following the wrong voice can cost you your victory following the wrong voice can cost you your victory when you are in your growth when you are growing as a follower of christ listen it it will indicate whether or not you're growing will indicate whether you're listening to the right voices where you are in your career where you are in your finances where you are in your ministry may be an indicator as to whether you've been listening to the right voices voices of those who speak on God's behalf voices of, the, of those who want to see you victorious vo- voices of those who want to see you blessed and walking in abundance faithful being faithful being fruitful being empowered being elevated you and I need to know a lie when we hear one cuz everybody speaking in your ear don't care if you're blessed everybody speaking in your ear don't care if God is going to show you favor some folks speaking in your ear because they are fr- of you doing something that they don't like you and I need to know a lie when we hear one label God's truth as the truth receive it walk in it watch God work his word the crowd followed the wrong voice and went to Egypt Jeremiah told you hand them that God said they die in Egypt if the crowd had followed the right voice, if they had accepted and obeyed God's word, they would have lived victoriously in Judah. I told you that this whole story is an issue between obedience versus disobedience and, and all of that. Here, here's another way to look at this, this, scenario, this scenario and why it's very important. This is an issue of whether you're going to walk in an accurate forecast or an inaccurate forecast. This, this has to do with forecasts. How do you see your future? The way you look at your future, is it with an accurate forecast or an inaccurate forecast? I check the weather forecast every day, multiple times a day. I got to know how I how I am to dress based on the weather. Some stuff I, I can't wear if it's going to be too warm. Some stuff I can't wear if it's going to be too, too cold. I got to check the weather forecast every day. I need to know if it's going to rain. Some stuff I can't wear if it's going to rain. Yeah, you know, you got some suede shoes. You ain't gonna wear them when it's raining. I gotta check the weather forecast every day. Every day. I'm not like some of y'all checking you all horoscope every day. I don't check my horoscope. I, don't, I already got my horoscope in the Word. But I need to know the weather forecast. Helps me to know what the future's gonna be like, what, what, what the future is gonna be like as far as the temperature. Yeah, sometimes I get it right, sometimes I get it wrong. It's supposed to rain today, by the way. Later on today, it's supposed to rain. Supposed to rain tomorrow. How you know, Pastor? Clark? I check the weather forecast. So I know some stuff when it's supposed to rain around, some stuff I'm not going to wear. In life, I need all my, if you could, if you could share this with your children, all my young adults, listen to me when I tell you. One of, one of the greatest, most important skills you can develop in life is the skill where you can, you can accurately forecast your future. Let me give you something to put in your future. Troubles are going to come. You gonna have them. You gonna have them. Let me let me tell you something else about your forecast. God said He would take care of you. The forecast. How you see your future. How how you look. How you look at things down the road. These people when they looked at the forecast of living in judah they saw nothing but danger they saw death they saw uh nebuchadnezzar and the babylonian forces killing them and they had a right to to uh to suspect that that could happen to them because the babylonians were crazy they were so crazy. There's one story in the Bible in Jeremiah where they had invaded one. They had invited, invaded one country. They took that king. They brought all of his sons in front of him and killed his sons right there in front of his face. Killed. Your, we gonna let you watch us kill your sons, all of them. Killed the sons right there in front of his face. Then I believe it's that same king. If it's not him, it's somebody else. Then they got. They'll gouge your eyes out the sockets. Can you imagine? Don't imagine don't just but just someone having their eyes somebody and, and somebody being so mean somebody being so ruthless they gouge your eyes out the sockets that's how nasty mean brutal vicious relentless the babylonians were so when jeremiah told these dudes god said to stay in judah oh use a lie those babylonians are gonna kill us when they looked at the forecast all they saw was what the babylonians were going to do they didn't see what god promised he would do so they saw they they, they went to egypt but here's god's here, here's here's god's forecast for their life in egypt look at chapter 43 back up to chapter 43 verses 13 to 19 god gave them a forecast if y'all go to egypt Let me give you a forecast of your future. Let me give you a forecast of your life. Here is what you are going to experience. This is what is going to happen to you if you go on with your grown self to Egypt. I'm in Jeremiah 42 verse 13. Are you there? Are you there? Jeremiah forty two thirteen. here's the forecast from God. But if you refuse to obey the Lord your God, and if you say we will not stay here, instead we will go to Egypt where we will be free from war, the call to arms and hunger, then hear the Lord's message to the remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says about your future. If you are determined to go to Egypt and live there, the very war and famine you fear will catch up to you and you will die there. This is the fate awaiting every one of you who insists on going to live in Egypt. Yes, you will die from war, famine and disease. None of you will escape the disaster I will bring upon you there. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, just as my anger and fury have been poured out on the people Of Jerusalem so they will be poured out on you when you enter Egypt you will be an object of damnation horror cursing and mockery and you will never see your homeland again listen you remnant of Judah the Lord has told you do not go to Egypt don't forget this forecast I have given you today they believed a lie chose to go to Egypt despite God's forecast watch this for their future But God gave another forecast. He said, "Here, that's your forecast if you disobey me and go to Egypt. Here's your forecast if you obey me and stay in Judah. Back up to verse 10, chapter 42, Jeremiah 42 and 10. Here's another forecast. Here's what your life is going to be like if you obey me and stay in Judah. If you choose to be vulnerable here's what I'm going to do for you. Verse 10, stay here in this land. If you do, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you for I am sorry about all the punishment I have had to bring upon you. Do not fear the king of Babylon anymore, says the Lord, for I am with you and will save you and rescue you from his power. I will be merciful to you by making him kind so he will let you stay here in your land. We need to know a lie when we hear one because the truth of God's word empowers me, empowers you and I to make accurate for forecast for our future. We need to know a lie when we hear it. Just because someone tells you something you don't like doesn't mean they're a liar or a hater. It could mean they want you to walk in agreement with God so you can walk in victory and blessing for your life. Know a lie when you hear one. Everything that sounds good ain't true, boo. And everything that sounds bad ain't a lie. Know a lie when you hear one, especially when you're lying to yourself. Especially when you're lying to yourself. If God said he would build you up in Judah, trust his truth and obey him. If God said he'd plant you and have you stable in Judah, trust his truth and obey him. If God said he'd be with you, never leave you, nor forsake you if you stay in Judah, trust his truth and obey him. If God said he'd save you and deliver you or keep you from all hurt, harm, and danger in Judah, then trust his truth and obey him. If God said he'd show you mercy by making mean, ruthless, vicious, brutal, abusive. kind to you trust his truth and obey him your future can be so bright if you say yes to obedience Your life can be so blessed. If you say yes to obedience. If you say yes to His will. You're saying yes to His presence. You're saying yes to His goodness. To His goodness. You're saying yes to His mercy. If you say yes to His will. Despite how risky it may be. Despite how vulnerable it will make you. You'll be saying yes to victory. Yes to protection. Yes to His promises. Yes to His warnings. Yes to His faithfulness. Yes to His goodness. Yes to His presence. Yes to His blessing. Yes to prosperity. Yes to His promises. Yes to His power. Yes to miracles. Yes to signs. Yes to wonders. Yes to victory. Yes to winning. Yes to being able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes to being more than a conqueror. You're saying yes to God. You're saying yes to a forecast that's far better than the forecast from your disobedience and your rebellion. So where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I'm done. Where are you? Are you? Where are you as it relates to obeying God? Where are you as it relates to growing in obedience, maturing in obedience, becoming better at obeying God? We Some situations we miss it. Okay, I see them. Some situations I miss it. But I'm better today than I've been in the past. I've had to learn how to pray wide open. I had to learn to, to just trust what God says by trusting what God said. I'm going to just do it and see what God gonna do. I'm learning to delete my pride. And finally, I'm getting better at knowing a lie when I hear one. Oh yeah, you can grow in this thing. Make up in your mind I'm going to grow. I'm going to get better to where this time next year, you can look back and say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm more mature. I'm more, I'm more, uh, I'm, I'm, I've grown in the area of being obedient. I've, I've grown. I'm better at forecasting my future. I'm, I'm better at knowing a lie when I hear one. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing that God is showing me his faithfulness. I'm, I'm seeing that God will do just what he said he will do when you say yes to God you're saying you're going to say yes I've I'm seeing God do just what he said he would do I got a feeling it's a couple of folk in here right now who ain't there yet but you you've obeyed God enough where you can testify when you say yes to the will of God you will see God do Just what he said he would do. I'm just going to, here's a pop quiz. I'm going to close with this pop quiz. Won't he do it? How many of y'all know he'll do it? Don't fool me now. That's what they say in the old church. Don't fool me now. How many of you have seen for yourself, God will do it? He'll do it. That's your forecast. You say yes to the will of God. You're gonna, you're gonna see God do just what he said he would do. Then if you say no to the will of God, you will see God do just what he said he would do. God said if we call upon his name, he would answer that, that, that the sinner, if the sinner to call on the name of Jesus that that sinner could be saved. <sighs> the Bible also says here's another forecast that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Those who believe in him should not perish. Those who don't believe in him, you're going to perish. I want you to prosper in the, in the kingdom of God. I want you. To enjoy everlasting life in the presence of our eternal father. It's so simple. It's as simple as ABC. Admit that you're a sinner. Listen. Before you come to Christ, you're a sinner. You, you, that's all of us. Before we came to Christ, we were dying in our trespasses. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. But the spirit of God moved upon our hearts to bring us to that place where we realized we needed a savior. So we came to Jesus and found him to do just what he said he would do he will save you he will give you a new birth he will change your heart he will change your mind you still wrestle with some stuff but if you call on the name of Jesus he will save you I I want to invite you as we stand all over the building I I want to invite you to consider the forecast of your future if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior.
0: This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.